Hi, welcome to Rider Rumblings. This is an emergency episode. My name is Austin Davis. I am not Rob Vanstone. Joining me from Saskatoon is our esteemed Riders beat reporter, Murray McCormick. We're going to talk uh, about the CFL strike that's currently on day three. It's Tuesday today, and uh, Murray has has the scoop from from Saskatoon, where there was supposed to be Rough Riders training camp. And I have to tell you, folks, you can't tell us on the video, it is a beautiful morning for spring training, for training camp. There's just a little bit of cloud cover. The field is open, wide open. And I'm sitting there going, I should be out there trying to find stories on the latest, the rookie, on the, the Achilles 4, everything and stuff, instead of looking for strike stuff and trying to get reactions and explanations, which suits us very well because you're quite well known for the explainer. And I think this is kind of a rider rumblings explainer combination. And, uh, I'm honored. And just, and I know Austin may cut this out. I've known Austin since he was a baby, like literally a baby, weeks, a week old. So I'm very proud and very honored to be interviewed by uh, a Hall of Famer, Daryl Davis's son, and a man that I consider a good friend. So bring it on, Austin, but be kind. Eh? I'm just a kind of a sports writer. I'm not a labor lawyer. I'm just a guy <laughs> trying to cover a football team with more lawyer, lawyer, labor stuff than I ever expected to see down my plate, on my plate. <laughs> Thanks, Murray, and I uh, appreciate that. And I guess in, in my role, I'll kind of act as a as a conduit for the fans who are going, what the, what the heck is this about? What, where did this strike way. come from? I really say, you know, I'm going to take us way back, and I know we're going to try to do this, but way back to January, this January and February, they started to meet, and things looked kind of optimist. The CFLTA, they were hammering out the minor, minor details and the little things. It's like, hey, maybe this might get done before training camp. And then as things got closer and closer, and then I just recently Randy Ambrosi put out that letter to the fan with just a, an inflammatory list of things they expected from the players, and we realized, okay, this is going to get ugly. And it got ugly, and it reached the point on Saturday where the, they walked away from the bargaining table. And I understand bargaining is back and forth, but how can you get any bargaining done if you're not at the table? So the CFL walked away from the table. CFLPA was left with really no other choice to go on strike or a work stoppage or a pause. You can pick whatever words you really like. It's all of them. So if Sunday morning, there's no football. We're talking, we're trying to track down people and, and sort out what this, all this is about. And it's about numbers. It's about player safety. It's about length of deals. It's about stability. It's all about everything the players care about. And I do think the owners care about, but the owners are trying to, and board of governors are, are trying to do it on maybe a fiscally management thing. Randy Ambrosi talked about rebuilding a new business model. Maybe this is the new business model. If it is not doing too well, is it right now? <laughs> you have to say it's a failure. So it's just been a, a time we've been chasing. It's just been straight. And it's been, this is my, I've been up here since, I've been training camp since 2009. And it's just so weird. And I think, I hope people appreciate that there's just a strange feeling of this sort of cloud over everything right now. And, uh, I'll throw a quick. I talk, I got to talk to Cody Fajardo yesterday, and I, I know people. I'm, hey, I know two things you can write about in the Saskatchewan is going to get red is weather and quarterbacks, and you can put quarterbacks ahead of weather all the time. And Cody was very explained, very, very accommodating. Talked about how the players want to be valued and how, you know, he's gone through this time and time before, and he understands the future. And he he made a good statement that I I kind of like, which doesn't really come in sports. Rather, be patient. The process is going to work out. Somehow this is all going to come to an end. And he makes a statement that I think I've been saying for too long. A couple of weeks will be settled. We won't even remember what happened. We won't be just like 
like the cancel season, it's gone. So uh, an insightful, uh, I hate to say it myself, insightful interview with Cody. And uh, I, I think I should encourage you to read it. So how's that? My paper. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great piece. And I appreciate what, what uh, Cody said. Uh, you pointed out, I think you grabbed the, the, the figure from Three Down Nation that that's a guy making over 400K, right? Yeah. So, so he's he's financially set, but he still, and he made a point, and I'll give, he's not getting paid either, folks. He, you make, you, we all know you get your paycheck and you make plans with that money, and he's not getting paid. He doesn't get paid till they play. So even though he's making that money, he's supposed to be making money. He's not making that money initially yet. So I think he's, uh, he was very insightful. Uh, I'm going to jump on your question for you, but you, you asked ahead. me, what is this strike about? And I touched upon a lot of the other things. Also, I don't, some of us are kind of scratching our heads, and I tried to do it carefully because I could leave marks. We don't, sometimes we don't know what the strike is about. We go, what, we tied, it seemed like that first deal on the initial prayer looked pretty good, 10-year deal, very similar to the NFL. The NFL is a 10-year deal right now, but the only similarity is a 10-year deal, and this is apples and oranges when you're comparing the CFL and the NFL. Uh, but they wanted, the, the padded practices has come up a lot. That's a big thing. And, the players have pointed out that uh, there was a 35% decrease in injuries since the padded practices were added around 2017. So the proof is in the pudding that there's less injuries with less padded practices. But I And I admit to you, that you should never say you don't know the answer. I can't find why the CFO wants to increase padded practices. I'm assuming it's because guys need to improve. They need to have coaches want that kind of stuff. So it's kind of one of those things. Uh, basically, there's a... 18 million deal to salary, salary cap and whatnot. And the players aren't happy with that because it doesn't work out to the numbers that the CFL is saying. So there's, and the players may find this hard to be, they don't trust the owners when it comes to revenue sharing because they say it's happened in the past. Uh, I'm trying to think of the year before 14 or 19 when they signed the new deal, concluded revenue sharing, but they didn't tell them about this new TSN deal coming with them. So they signed this new deal a week later, $50 million TV deal with TSN. They didn't tell the players about that. So they didn't share in that money. So I think there's there are reasons for distrust on their side. And I really think that's one of the things that that's a big part of the distrust. And I, I don't know how you get back to the table to realize you got someone that was, that kind of basically didn't lie, but uh, didn't tell you the whole truth. How's that? Pull, pulled a bit of a fast one. That's, yes, yeah, exactly. Play, yeah. Played by the rules. Uh, so yeah. as it were, but uh, yeah, I could understand walking away from that with a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth. Yeah. I wanted to talk to one thing that uh, you spoke to Brett Lothar, uh writer's place kicker earlier in the week or maybe Sunday uh, who said that he's telling guys to be very careful because currently yeah. they're not, they're not covered right now. And I know guys are kind of doing walkthroughs, working out, yeah. trying to stay in game shape. Um, what, are, what are you seeing? What are you hearing on, on that front? Well, what I've seen exactly that on the field, the guy was at uh, Saskatoon minor football field yesterday, and I'll put a little comma there. What a facility. They, I don't know if you're, you're old enough to remember sports. But Saskatoon at the Brody Howard Bowl was pretty bad back in the day, but it's beautiful. Anyway, but I don't know. But, uh, they are being cautious. They are working out, but they're this is mostly walkthrough stuff. They're not taking chances because they know if they get hurt, and as Brett Lowther said, they're going to get sent home and get cut and not get paid. So their chance. So there's there's very little. There's a very thin thin line they have to walk. They're lifting weights. Uh, Joel Lipinski at Ignite Athletics, a former rider, former Eskimo, a star with the Campbell Tartans, 
a star in the training world has opened up his gym to allow them to work out there. So they are working out lifting weights, which is a good thing because they don't have access to the facilities anymore. They're not locked out. They just don't have access to them, but they can get their gym stuff. I don't think they can do laundry and stuff like that. So I, I do. Uh, Brett, I, I found that very insightful that Brett Lowther mentioned that they have to be careful because we just thought they'd go hard. They're ready to go hard. As Shaq Evans suggested, they've been preparing all year for this. You know, since November, they take a month off and then they work for training camp. And now they're going to training camp instead of sitting in their dorms playing, reading Twitter or playing with their video games and stuff, that, or if they have TVs watching TV. So it's, a, it's an adjustment for the players, but also they went on strike too, folks. They decided they voted against and They haven't voted against it yet. They decided they're against this. So it's on them too as well. This is a basically a two-way street for sure. Reading your stories, I, I was getting the sense that the players are saying they want to play. They want to play. Uh, so what is the, the sticking point? Is it that revenue sharing model? Do you think this – is the season going to be derailed over 12 padded practices, Mer? Gosh, wouldn't that be horrible if that was something that derailed – and I wish I could say absolutely not, but it is a very serious matter with them. Injuries are a big part of this game. Injuries – Injuries and health and safety. So I just put down five points that I was kind of looking at earlier today. I just wanted to say they want to look at an extended rehabilitation. That's where, let's say, if a guy gets hurt. In the past, it was three years. Let's say a guy blows out his knee and he's battling lingering injuries with that. He has three years to get that, for that to get better than he's off the, the league plan. They want to have a longer plan that looks after them, that kind of stuff, kind of a normal thing. Improve safety. That's fewer padded practices like none would be perfectly that's a big point and it's it's a it's a sticking point it's it's i could derail it I, that gave me a lot of thought austin you made me think a little bit on that one i think i would hate to say something as minor as that because we're talking about practice talking about practice that's like alan iris in, in the it's the anniversary time. or it, it was is? recently yeah okay so sorry about that folks but <laughs> I would think that a practice wouldn't derail all the thoughts, but boy, it's an important as- aspect of this whole negotiation to the players. And if it's important to them, it's important in the negotiations. Uh, they, they, the CFL has talked about some partially guaranteed contracts, which doesn't happen in the league. Like everyone else is guaranteed their money. I, I'm up here regardless of a strike. I'm still getting paid. Players don't get paid and they get cut and they're done. And they would like to see that. And the CFL has offered that, which is a big step to see that. NFL's never had a guaranteed tra- I got NFL doesn't have guaranteed contracts. It's just for some reason that's the way the C- football is developed without guaranteed contracts. They want true revenue sharing. Now, what does that mean? I'm not sure about the pot, the pot and the share of that, but they want auditors to check that they're getting the revenues because they've been burned enough. Now, the CFL is not going to do that, and, and part of the reason is because some of the teams are owned by big conglomerates. Wouldn't we like to know how much money MLSC is making? how much these guys are making so that they're not too excited about opening up their books to let these guys, these people, these auditors who they don't know. And they're going, okay, maybe we'll just, we're not doing it. So the players, and they take it back to, don't trust their revenue sharing models, their revenue sharing figures. So that's a, that's another big one. And, and more money, you know, Hey, let's come on folks. Say they played for a reduced salary in 2021, shortened seasons, no checks in 2020. So the players have shown they're willing to do, financially what it takes to keep this league afloat they want more money now i know i'm going on too long for you but the cfl has offered a bump in minimum salaries it's sixty-five thousand a year now which coming out of college it sounds like a pretty good salary and i'm not going to say it's a pretty good salary 
they're talking about bumping up to seventy five thousand next season, and then sorry, seventy thousand next season, and seventy five thousand in twenty twenty seven. So there's a big gap there. It doesn't really address the veterans, how they're going to bump up the veterans' salary, other than there's this little bump in the salary cap, which is another point of contention because they don't think the numbers they say about the salary cap are really valid. There's kind of a, oh, well, let's say a mixing of the truths, you might say, or some working of the books. So the players are unhappy about that. How's that? That's great. Look into your crystal ball for for us, oh, Murr. How, how, how does this end? It ends. It ends with some sort of settlement that, the players are going to take, they're going to come out there and they're going to say, yeah, we're happy with it. The owners are going to say, yes, we're happy with it. And it's going to end. I really don't see this going on and on and on and on. Now, what is the cost of this going to be ending? I don't, if someone asked me, if I'm asked, ask you right now, Austin, ask me, is there going to be a preseason game on Monday against Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I'd say no. But I also know that if it doesn't happen by tomorrow, then it's going to get really, really reached. Slim that there's going to be a preseason game on Monday, but explain okay. your timeline for a sec. You you you're you're under the belief that they need to basically practice yes tomorrow or Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Well, Thursday Wednesday or the, Thursday. Wednesday if they settle Thursday, and I'm thinking like Wednesday night gets them back on the field Thursday. That gives them Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and a walkthrough on Sunday. That gives them three days to maybe prepare for a game, which is is a push. That's not a lot of time, and it, there could be some injuries happening and then so the players would not be quite willing to do that so that's kind of and that's I wish I could say I have a, I had a scientific or a source that told me that but that's just my experience in football kind of working out what it takes to get prepared for a game now if there isn't a game boy oh boy because that's free money that's where the players don't get paid there's, there's expenses but the riders they need the gate they need that and on the owner's side so Tomorrow, in my mind, and Shaq Evans put it together today in today's paper, but that's kind of the day we got to get settled. And if it's not settled by then, I think the game's going to be canceled. Now, my experience in the CFL and your dad, we never say never because there's never a never in the CFL because there's always another little bit of wiggle room there that turns up and changes things on us. So based on my experience, I think tomorrow's kind of the hot, soft deadline. Here's a good word. I'll use that one. Soft yeah. deadline tomorrow to get a preseason game on Monday. How's that? Well, it would be fitting for the CFL to resolve this in the final minute of action, wouldn't <laughs> yes, it? Just, it really is. It, it, you know, Randy Ambrosi's comment about it wants to be 49-49 in the last minute of a game to draw out the excitement. But that's actually, you did touch, the players don't want this anymore. They don't want to come up to camp and the day before camp negotiating. They, they'd like to see it move back 30 days. Now, you're a news guy at heart. How many negotiations even don't go down at the last minute? If you give them 30 days notice, it's still going to take time. This is where this is where the players have their leverage, right? Is this is what can they control? They control the on-field product, yeah. right? And so by threatening, I know that they're putting their livelihoods on, on the line here, but this is their leverage because the ownership and the league. Loses money too, right? So this is yeah. this, the crunch time is where maybe they get to put some pressure on them. I just want because I, I don't want to waste my long my, my many minutes of research into the NFL contract because I think that's app, it's football, football apples and grapes. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> grapes to apples is a good grapes, yeah. Grapes to apples. So as I mentioned, the NFL had signed a ten year deal last year to twenty thirty. So it's not unprecedented for, to get a long term deal. 
Now, part of that deal is you get a 17-game season. And listen, the players get 48% of revenue sharing, which last year was $8.9 billion. So, you know, that's kind of a pretty significant amount of money. They really, the lower end salaries, player salaries are going to get a bit of a bump. Just imagine if you're, a first year player gets 510000 in the NFL. It would be raised to 610000 under the new contract. A one year player gets $1.65 million, something like that. So, but, so there is a, a whole, but it, and I don't want people to extrapolate or, I don't even know if that's extrapolate, but whatever it means to the <laughs> CFL players. So it's not even, not even, we're talking pennies to, do, pennies to dollars in the CFL. So, but there are no guaranteed contracts. So right. you just sign on that. But there are more, there have been more signed, I have to admit, because that uh, quarterback with the Cleveland Browns is guaranteed. And so I think there's more than that. So it's not the same, but there's what I found opened my eyes was the precedent set with a long term contract. And yeah, the CFL wants seven years. CFLPA would like five years with more flexibility. Because really, who knows what's going to happen in inflation in seven years? Really. That's when the real world intersects into my life that we have to think, oh, yeah, inflation. How did you figure out the world's going to be like down the road? So, I'm glad you mentioned inflation. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, I think we're, we're winding down here. But I've got one, one big uh, upper-level question for you. You mentioned inflation. Uh, this is a league that you know didn't, didn't play, one of the only major sports leagues that, that skipped a season. There was no bubble. You know, the federal government funding didn't come through. What kind of danger does this put the the league, the CFL, in, Mer? CFL will be around. CFL will be around. And I know, will it be around? Will it be look different? I was hoping it would look differently coming out of COVID. I thought there might be a little more rebuilding of the of the business model. It doesn't look good. But I'm, am I worried? Yeah, concerned? Yeah. Am I doubtful it's going to fold? No. The CFL is going to be around. Somehow this is all going to work out. And is going to be a great cup game in Regina November 20th. Will the Riders be there? Who knows who's going to be there? But And it'll be just a line mentioned, so-and-so wins the great cup despite how many days we lost to, to a training camp strike. So uh, CFL will be around. I'm, two things I can guarantee people. One, I'm never going to have to comb my hair. And two, there's going to be a CFL season in 2022. All right. Thanks, Bert. Uh, anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, no, from, from no I've, I've been actively reading Twitter, and I know you have too, about seeing the fans' reaction. They're all, yeah. uh, and I'll say in the final word with uh, grabbing on Cody's coattails, be patient. Some of it's going to all work out. Hopefully, maybe. You never know. <laughs> all right. Thanks. If, if Rob's listening to this, he's going to get a kick out of the fact I'm not going to do that. <laughs> The, yeah. the outro at the end. Uh, oh, no, you're not doing the And I, I don't even have it written down. But that's all right. Rob, uh, if anyone's wondering, Rob is on vacation, which is really rare. Well, he's on a Robcation, which is a little different than other people's vacations. So he's still writing and doing things. But hope he's enjoying himself. And uh, maybe we'll see some pictures of Candy, his beloved dog, while I'm up here in Saskatoon. Yeah. And he, he, uh, we were able able to do this without calling in for reinforcements. So yeah. uh, thank you for, for joining uh, Murray and I on this uh, emergency episode of Rider Rumblings to discuss the, the CFL strike. Uh, we'll probably have more content for you soon. Thanks. Take care. Thank you.